Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast. So happy to have you here. Today we have Caitlin on and we had such an amazing chat. We just started chatting. I think, I hope that this podcast uh, feels like just sitting down with some friends who maybe understand you and get you and help you discover all the amazing things you can actually do to improve your chances of getting and staying pregnant. So without further ado, here is Caitlin. Tell me a little bit about how you got into the fertility space. Yeah, well, pretty much because of my own journey, you know, so um, I, uh, you know, my husband and I um, started trying to have a family and nothing happened. And I went to all the doctors and they just kept saying, you're healthy, you're healthy, you know, everything is fine. And, um, and they said the only thing that they could do for me was IVF. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound, you know, like I'm fine and like everything is normal if I have to do something like that. Um, so I ended up going back to school because, you know, you have to become your own advocate and no one else will do it for you. So I went back to school and became a functional nutritional therapist and really loved it and was able to dive deeper into my health when no one else would. Um, and just, you know, kind of opened up Pandora's box and right. Yeah. And it was like, um, I guess we do need to tweak some things here and there. And not only for myself, but, you know, for my husband as well, it was like the, uh, I think the only test he did was a semen analysis. And then when we delved deeper, it was like thyroid issues and adrenal health and like all these other things that started popping up. So yeah. How old were you? Um, well, I'm still on the journey. And so it's been about five years and I'm 37 now. Okay. So, so you were, yeah, like we were similar ages. Um, yeah. 30s. Yeah. I was 27 and they're like, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I wasn't nearly as smart as you, but this was going back now a few years where functional medicine wasn't as popular, as big. Yeah. Like you couldn't pick up a book you know, yeah. um, and, and, and people were out there talking about it for sure. Um, but yeah, like Instagram wasn't even invented. Right. Um, right. and so, yeah, we did end up doing a round of IVF. Um, and then that's when we kind of both woke up, like, this isn't right. Like, how could we both be super healthy, like healthy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. like high functioning, um, he was like, um, he was a fast jet pilot in the Air Force. 
Um, you know, I was, yeah, I just finished my degree in early education. I was working a full-time job. We just bought, well, no, this was up in Scotland. So I was still doing my, my degree when we started, but yeah, it was, um, like you say, it was just kind of like the doctors were just like, well, you're fine. And you're just kind of sitting there knowing, like knowing, like I'm not fine. Yeah. Um, but like you say, you don't have that like formal education or maybe the information wasn't out there. So you didn't trust yourself. You didn't, you're like, okay, well, you're the doctor, you know. Um, so I'll just do what you say. Um, and then until you, like you say, open that box and you're like, oh shit, I'm super unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> you know and it's just it's just crazy because it takes so long so the doctors will say oh just come back in a year you know you haven't been trying for a year and so come back in another year and it just is like I don't know dragging out the process but yeah well that's the thing is is you feel super time poor when you're dealing with infertility you get that monthly reminder that you're failing Um, and then if you add any kind of medical treatment on top of that, it's, um, I don't think women actually realize how much, um, it might push their journey back because that medical treatment can actually just like disrupt, like your healing or like cause more chaos (laughs) than there was before. And then when it doesn't work, it's like this, um, this like panic, like, oh my God, I can't get pregnant with medical treatment. So therefore, like, I can't get pregnant at all. You know, like the whole natural side of it, like completely goes as well. And I'm sitting there like, I know it's hard. Trust me. I know. I know. I've been there. Just put the brakes on. Um, I suppose we were lucky in a sense that we didn't rush through things. Like it, it took us three years to even do a round of IVF. And then once that failed, we took a whole year of changing our diet and our lifestyle. Um, And then when that failed, we did get better embryos, but I didn't even make it to day 28. Um, We took like another eight months to like do, we did, that's when I demanded the testing. I was like, I want this immune testing that at the time was pretty controversial. We, we literally went to this clinic because they were doing the testing and wow. we got talked out of it by the, the consulting doctor. He's like, well, you're not having reoccurring miscarriages. So therefore you don't have an immune issue or like, you're not a candidate. That's only for reoccurring miscarriages. And we listen because, you know, you trust them and it's not like, anything against doctors obviously like they're there for a reason but you it does seem like a lot of them get this like ego it's like well I'm a doctor I spent tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars I went to med school so therefore I know everything and the fact is is that we're now living in one of the most amazing times because so much information about how our body actually works is coming out, (laughs) you know, like, um, so yeah, anyways, we, we did that immune testing. And even after a year of being on paleo and eating clean, changing my lifestyle, reducing my alcohol intake, I still had high natural killer cells. 
So that's why like I'm a huge advocate for finding your food intolerances, you know, like forget the diets, forget all these like perfect fertility diets. Like you have to find your food intolerances because I mean, the stress is still super important. Like I get clients come to me and they have amazing diets and they're like, what am I doing wrong? I was like, well, what's your, what's your life like? I'm like, like, I'm sorry, but it doesn't matter how clean you are you know, that stress matters. But for me in particular, and I think for a lot of women, um, yeah, if you're still eating food, you're highly intolerant to, you know, it's, it's um, going to take you a long, just, I think, will you ever heal? You know, that's the question. It will take you a lot longer to heal. Um, yeah. And um, when I did the food sensitivity test on myself, it was like the healthiest thing started popping up. Oh, like- yeah carrots came up and I was like yeah. <laughs> but I ate a lot of carrots and I was like okay I guess I need more diversity you know more yes. you know eat eat different things don't eat the same thing every single day even if it's healthy it's it's irritating your body so yeah yeah it's a big mind shift because I think we've all been wrapped up that um like it's the unhealthy foods that are doing this to us. And like, of course, before you go on to your journey, like I wouldn't say I had an unhealthy diet, but if I looked back, I'd, like you say, like I ate carrots, mushrooms, onions, <laughs> lettuce, like I could probably only name 10 vegetables I ate throughout the week if I was lucky. Mm-hmm. Um And then it was like a lot of like backed up by canned stuff and, you know, a lot of uh, like even my meats were like the cheapest meats out there. I thought I was eating healthy, though, because I was getting a well-balanced. Yeah, you just don't necessarily um, assume that you eat super unhealthy because you're not eating McDonald's every day right? Exactly. Smoking a pack of cigarettes. (laughs) You know, that's been like the unhealthy stuff in our brains. Um, So yeah, it's a big shift, but it's doable. Um, And unfortunately, now I think like a lot of the companies have caught on because when I was going through this, like gluten free wasn't really a thing. And now gluten free, dairy free, is a thing and you go and you get bombarded with gluten-free, dairy-free. And when you look at the back of the package, Uh it's full of like rancid oils or like highly processed stuff or super high in sugar. Like I bought my kids a vitamin water the other day, knowing this, I knew this, we were on the beach. So a blast of sugar was going to be okay. But I'm still like, I'm always shocked. I'm like, how can you call this vitamin water when you have 26 grams of sugar in this thing? And that's why people still feel like they're failing. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't read the fine, tiny print that's practically invisible. You have to bring out your magnifying glass to see it, you know, so we don't investigate a little bit further into what is in that. Yeah. So what was your like biggest shock when you started learning? about health, about true health, what really shocked you? Yeah, there were so many things, you know, I thought that my period was normal. I thought it was normal to have, you know, some brown spotting. And um, I thought, I mean, that was just like, no one really talked about it. Um, I I didn't know that that was not optimal. Um, I thought it was normal to have like breast tenderness. And I thought PMS was normal, like, Mm -hmm. 
crying and really sensitive or really pissed off at my husband, you know, all of those things were normal. <laughs> right. And then, you know, it wasn't until like I started looking a little bit into it and balancing things and recognizing like, hmm, you know, maybe this is my body's way of just saying something is off hormonally and, you know, just I needed to dig deeper into all, all of that. I saw this TikTok of this um, young woman um, talking about, I think, her fibroids and, um, you know, someone had just commented like, oh, you know, change your diet. And and a lot of the time it's the people going, go vegan, go vegan, like that's going to solve all over the world's issues, um, which I have nothing against vegan, but it's just not a quick fix, you know, and can be quite dangerous for some people, if not, you know, properly monitored. Um but she, she then responded and really fired up, like, how does food affect my uterus? You don't see food in my uterus, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you're quietly sitting there going like, wow. okay, think about it. Like, where does your food go to your stomach? What does your stomach do? Then it like brings it out to everywhere else. Like if you didn't have food, you wouldn't live, right? Food and water, the top two things you need to survive and not just survive, thrive. You know, we're just on this base level of like, well, I'm living, I'm functioning, you know, I get these things, but they're normal. And it's like, we really need to start connecting the dots. Like the first place is your gut, like you and what goes in your gut is going to affect everything else throughout your whole entire body. Yeah, that was another huge lesson that I learned, you know, going on this journey is that I thought here I am, I'm eating like all of this healthy stuff, I'm eating really well. And then I got my lab work back. And I was like, what is going on? It showed all of these different things, pretty much saying that I had really low stomach acid. And so I was not absorbing any of the nutrients. So even mm -hmm. though I was eating healthy, nothing was getting in to my body. And so therefore, you know, I'm, your body is always going to function, is always going to prioritize digestion over fertility, over reproduction. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like fertility is not needed to survive. And like, that's what your body is wired to do. So I always tell my clients, like it is the, one of the first things that will go. And then one of the last things that will come back as well, depending on your genetics, how deep your issue is. Um, and if you're doing um, all the right things for your body, because I think a lot of people feel like, well, I am, I am doing the diet, the this, the that. And it's like, okay, well, that might not be right for you. And you might just yeah. have to shift it up and explore a little bit more. Um, yeah, exactly. 100%. What works for one person is not going to work for another. You know, I get that all the time. Like, oh, well, keto got this friend pregnant and. <laughs> Paleo was great for this person. And I'm like, you are an individual. We are all unique. And what works for somebody is not going to necessarily work for you. Yeah. And they're good guidelines to go on. Um, you know, like they're, they're, people want tangible things. And so diets are quite tangible. And because like keto, even vegan, vegetarian, um, now autoimmune is getting a lot bigger. Um, they're success stories. So people like attach themselves to those success stories and they 
they hyperthink like, well, I should be on that. I should be on that. But um, yeah, it's it, like you say, like, as we said, it's you got to find your own thing, which is super hard. And that's why you want to either work through a program that's like teaching you that or work with someone who just knows and kind can kind of look at you. Um, and then some people are going to need even more support you know, get down to those macro micronutrients. That's not really what I do in my practice. Um, but I know some people do need that. So it's just recognizing that and like sending them on to someone who is actually qualified in doing that. And even the mental and emotional support, you know, like that's um, a really key factor in being able to even do the diet in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the stress factor is huge. And we think, oh, I'm not really stressed. I'm not stressed. Well, if you're going through infertility. Yeah, Yeah, you were probably stressed before. And then infertility like is literally whacking you every single month. And especially if you're doing IVF or a time cycle. Um, The body is so resilient, right? So we might not feel like we're stressed. We might mm -hmm. be like, well, you know, this is my day to day and, and I got to just get through it. And, but deep down it's like, ah, (laughs) yeah. What, what did you find in your life that was really stressful, but you didn't realize? Um, this journey for sure, you know, where it's like, I think like you were talking about the mental and emotional side. So it's just like, I have to go to a baby shower and I have to do show up for this person who's pregnant and that person and everybody's pregnant except for me. And so that whole mental and emotional side, how to deal with that, um, instead of just shoving it all down, bottling it all up, um, you know, really finding ways that relate, you know, that you can relate to that will help somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find that you bottled it up like before your journey and like your journey kind of just exposed that that's what we were taught Um, to do? (laughs) I mean, I probably had a before infertility, you know, I didn't have a terribly stressful life or anything like that. And but I probably did bottle up a lot of emotions and just like put on a happy face and keep on going. And, um, you know, um, overall, that was probably what I would do. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of us are just, once again, society has taught us, you know, our generations, hopefully the generations coming below us will um, not have to deal with that kind of like suppression. And I mean, there's, I don't know, like a thousand times more women talking about infertility than, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So even having that, like people like us who are willing to talk about it, um, it's just super helpful. Um, I couldn't, I don't even think I could tell you there's one podcast out there talking about infertility when I was going through it. And now there's like at least 20 to 50, (laughs) you know, which is great. Absolutely. It is, you know, I think people are becoming more open about different things. I mean, we're, we're talking about all kinds of things and topics that used to be so taboo, like our periods and like infertility and like our vaginas and like everything that is, that used to be so taboo. Yeah. So, um, your husband, 
was great on like jumping on board. Okay, let's get some testing and stuff. So all of his test results were kind of the more shocking ones for you guys. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we never really would have found any of that out if we didn't dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. And so, but his, his sperm was deemed fine. In the beginning, it was, oh yeah, fine. This is fine. But that's looking at it from like conventional numbers. So you really want to look at it from the optimal numbers. You know, what is, what is optimally going to be the best and how, how can you, you know, change those numbers? And was he having like normal health issues to um, kind of support the test results, like the thyroid test and... Yes, but we didn't really, you know, you don't really recognize it in the beginning because you're like, oh, this is just how I am. This is yeah. just who you are. Um, and so he, his was probably more wired, um, you know, higher energy levels um, leading to like a lot of adrenal issues. And then that leads to thyroid. That's really connected with thyroid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred um, percent. We never um, dug into functional medicine testing for my husband, but um, he was the same. He was fine. He was always fine. And then when I decided to do diet changes, he had to come on board. Like it was just too hard for me to do it alone. Um, and it was a big shift for him, like a really big shift. And once again, he wasn't unhealthy, but, um, yeah, he wasn't getting probably the nutrients he needed either. Um, I look back at our diet and I'm like, oh my God, no wonder we were both like sluggish. And like, he used to be called like a narcolift, like he could fall asleep, like anywhere. Um, so his energy levels, even though he was like high performing, his energy levels were really low. And um, yeah, um, he he changed his diet and then just within, you know, doing medical treatment and stuff, he got another um, sperm analysis and yeah, improved by the millions. Wow. It was insane. Amazing? Yeah. yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, and the, and the statistics are out there, you know, men's sperm health is like literally shocking and like, how oh. is anyone getting pregnant now? Um, and, and because they can be so low and be so fine, like they're kind of getting away with it. We're like, I think for women, you know, like your egg health and everything else your body has to do to maintain a healthy pregnancy, you're just not going to get away really, um, with it as easily as men, um, but I think a generation has already proven that it's not just about getting pregnant and staying pregnant and having a baby, you know, the health of like our future children is literally like on the line. And, you know, some of the like dramatic people, cause I think sometimes in functional health, you can get pretty dramatic. <laughs> like there's always like, you know, but they're talking a few generations. We're not going to have to worry about overpopulating the planet because people just aren't going to be able to get pregnant together, men and women. And they're really, really going to have to, they'll be, you know, for us, when we use functional medicine, there has to still be a baseline of health to get back to. Um, and for some people, like sometimes it's too far, like you push your thyroid far enough. There's no coming back from it. 
you can um, maintain a certain level of health, but you will like forever be on thyroid medication. Um, and, you know, sometimes there's these cliffs that are either one impossible to get like climb back up or they take an incredible amount of hard work and time to get back to them. And sometimes, you know, people do, you know, dealing with fertility, they don't want to wait that long or they can't wait that long. Right. Um, we're all a little bit older. Uh, either it took us a really long time to figure out our situation or we didn't start trying for kids until our late thirties. And yeah, maybe the time isn't on our side. And um, I mean, I'm a true believer that the body can heal anything and everything. And I believe that as long as you're lowering your inflammation as much as you can with your environmental things, your mind is so powerful and literally can change things. But what I say to my clients, especially I'm like you live in the real world, you can't go sit on a hill and do this. Like you have to go to work. You're not willing to give up your job. You're very stressful job. <laughs> you're not, that's, you're not going to give it up. Um, you know, you have family and friends who are toxic and you can't just cut them out, right? Like it has to be a process or you have to learn boundaries. So you have all these, um, stressors or environmental things in your life that you literally just can't walk away from and really give your body the time and the space to heal the way it needs to because the body's always regenerating right like you're, we're always trying to get back to a homeostasis but the way our society is just bombarded with stuff it's um it's not in your favor it's not in we don't live in a healing society do we no, no, that's so true. You know, you have so many stressors that you have to deal with day in and day out, and you have to figure out how to work around them and how to de-stress from your everyday. Yeah, 100%. So where are you guys on your journey now? Do you feel like you're pretty solid health-wise, or are you still trying to figure some stuff out? So, you know, when dealing with unexplained, it's always the most frustrating, right? Because there isn't one diagnosis. It's more like little tiny things that you have to tweak and, you know, bring the levels down and work through. Um, so that's where we are now. And I mean, things have just improved so much month after month. It's almost like I don't dread getting my period now because my period is my monthly report card. And I can say, wow, this cycle, I had no breast tenderness, no brown spotting, you know, it was like nice, bright red blood and everything. And I had like a perfect period. And, you know, so all of those little indication, indications, um, you know, like tuning into my body more and fine tuning my husband, <laughs> um, they're, you know, they're just getting us closer to the goal. And so I'm not, you know, concerned. I'm just living, you know, trying to live my best life every day and work on things little by little yeah and, and that's uh, that's the thing it's not about perfection it's about consistency the longer you do it um the more consistent you are and you do tend to like get I don't want to say better but it gets it gets it's still hard 
but it's still, it, it gets easier in, in different ways. And it, it just becomes your routine and your lifestyle. Like eating an autoimmune paleo diet is just my lifestyle now. Um, and I, okay, yeah, are there times that it totally sucks that I can't like just maximum salsa a hundred percent, but um, I know that it's just not good for my health. Unfortunately, still, um, I've been on this health journey for over seven years, and um, I think I've kind of come to the realization because a lot of time you can reintroduce foods and and be fine on them, and that's the whole point about autoimmune paleo is finding your food intolerances and then getting back on as much as possible. Um, and for me, when my gut health is high, I can dabble in some of those foods. But once I start introducing alcohol or stress, like that's it game over. Like I can't, I can't have those foods. Um, and like I say, I live in a real world. I have two young boys, a life, you know, stressors, uh, as much as I, you know, meditate and do yoga and do all those things, it still builds up. And those are just things that help um, clear. Um, but yeah, it's it's consistency. And for me, I don't know if you know, um, I was probably on paleo for, or autoimmune paleo for probably close to two years. I had my IVF baby and then I did another frozen embryo transfer and that ended in an early miscarriage. And two months after that, I was pregnant naturally. Wow. So the consistency of me keeping up that diet and lifestyle, um, even though I was using medical treatment, I saw the value of like my normal day-to-day health, um, you know, the improvements there. And I can't say I was mentally after a natural pregnancy, because I think after that long and so many medical treatments, and I didn't have anyone like myself, I didn't have anyone going, ah, it is possible. Like you can review reverse autoimmune issues. You can improve egg quality. You can get pregnant naturally. You just have to be consistent and keep to like what is right for your body. Um, so it was a, it was a big shock. Um, and I got pissed off to be honest. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I can see that you experience all the range of emotions. Yeah. So after your first IVF, um, were you, you know, going to go back and do another round again? So I had two full IVFs. Um, The first one was the shambles. That was like the light, like wake up. You're not making like healthy embryos at the age of 30. This is ridiculous. Um, And then, so that's, we took that year to do paleo and um, we got better embryos. So we got five that we got to put on ice or we got six and I think we put five on ice. Um, but after that, no, I was done in my head. Um, now if a baby didn't come, come of all of that, I don't know if I would have stuck to my, I'm done. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty bullheaded. Um, but I guess we were just fortunate because we were taking time. We were allowing time to heal, grow, all those things. Every step of my medical journey, even though I was failing, I was still succeeding. And I looked at it that way. So from IVF to IVF, I got embryos. 
um, my first frozen embryo transfer with immune suppressing drugs, I got pregnant, but I lost that one. My second frozen embryo transfer, I got a baby. Um, and so the third embryo transfer and the last of all the medical treatment, um, it did end in a miscarriage. Um, but I think I had my mental practice already in place and, um, and I had my, my knowledge about true health. And so I knew I could walk away from that going, I knew I, I did everything I possibly could. I had the right diet. I had the immune suppressing drugs I, you know, like there, it was just written in the stars. We didn't have our embryos tested. So the only thing I can conclude was they just weren't, you know, as, as much as they looked like good embryos, they just weren't healthy enough to survive. Uh, Cause we put two back in that last one. Um, but yeah, I, like I was done at that stage. Um, especially because we had our IVF baby, I wasn't going back for another round. I mean, that was eight years, five treatments, a shit ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was happy. I was super happy with it. And, and I felt super grateful. Like not many women get to walk away from that. And the fact of the matter is, is if I didn't figure out my, um, my diet and my lifestyle, I, I probably didn't have to go full autoimmune to have a baby through medical treatment, but I had to change my diet and my lifestyle. Like the odds of me getting pregnant with IVF without doing that were insanely low, but that's didn't what the tell you that though. No, but, and that's what the doctors that. wanted me to do. They're like, just do another round of IVF. And I was like, okay, well, you can change up our medication. I mean, this is how naive I was. And they're like, no. And I was like, well, that that's weird. Why would I do the same exact thing? Like, wouldn't you just get the same results? Yeah, absolutely. But, that, but just that, I'm so glad they said no, because if they would have said, yeah, we'll, we'll, um, we'll change your medication. I think at that stage, I would have been like, okay. Right, right. So them wow. saying no was what like, kind of was like, well, that's no. So it blows my mind that, you know, so many women have to go through IVF and it fails and there was no preliminary like, hey, maybe you should take three months, prepare your body for this IVF and do this, this and that nutritionally um, to get your body to be in the best possible place, you know, before you do this. Yeah. They don't discuss that at all. At mm -hmm. all. Drives me crazy. There would yeah. be more success with first time IVF if you <laughs> well that's the that's the irony in all this and some clinics are catching on to this Good. and now you know like hiring in like acupuncturists yoga nutritionists all Great. that because their rates of success are gonna go up if women do this for just just a minimal of three months before they yeah. do it so yeah, absolutely. Well, and I guess the frustration for us now is that um, it's like you can do it without IVF. For the vast majority of women dealing with infertility, you can do it without it. Now, is absolutely. there a different case of you just wanting to use IVF to speed up the process? Because that's what IVF does at the end of the day. It speeds up the process. It gives you maybe 
if you're lucky, you know, six months to maybe 18 months of a go in one hit, right? You get those eggs and then they, you can see how they develop. Um, but it still doesn't get you pregnant. You know, I keep telling people like, it's not like a recipe for success. Um, your body still has to do the incredible amount of hard work. And yes, there's drugs to support you through, you know, the first few weeks of hormones. And then if you're using immune suppressing drugs, um, but I always bring up um, that a lot of doctors don't want to use immune suppressing drugs because there's absolutely no evidence out there on the long-term effects you know, and you're, you're on hardcore drugs, you're on steroids for the first mm. almost four months of your baby's life. And when I was doing that with my IVF baby, I was so strict with my health. Like I was on like drinking bone broth almost daily, you know, like I kept my diet, like almost obsessively. I, I quit my job. Um, I mean, I quit my job, um, before this but that was just I was lucky in circumstances and stuff but um yeah I didn't have I wasn't going to work you know like that so that stress was gone um and I was able just to do what you do what you're supposed to do when you're pregnant <laughs> wow um and I I know I was really lucky in that and I felt really lucky with that knowledge um because yeah like a lot of time when you are just pushing your body to IVF using these drugs like you don't realize the impact that can be put on your body and I find um with a lot of women I follow um who have thyroid issues and don't address their thyroid issues to the best of their abilities they either have a complication during pregnancy during the birth complications after um either like like simple things like not being able to breastfeed because their body can't produce the milk. Their hormones are just so out of whack. Um, postnatal depression um, because their bodies are, you know, like not healthy in the first place. Um, so there's lots of complications that come with um, or can come with, you know, not maintaining your health or not, you know, not trying your best but absolutely we've just taken fertility for granted yeah definitely like we should have you know like our our grandmas did not have to overthink their diet and their lifestyle yeah definitely so how did you find out about the natural killer cells um so I read the book uh it's back here what is it is your body baby friendly um, it was literally the only book out there. And he is kind of the pioneer, Dr. Bear, Bear I forget his name. Um, he's deceased now, <laughs> bless his soul. But he started looking in other factors um, of unexplained. And so immune issue, blood types, you know, all that stuff. Um, and so I picked up that book and then I was like, there's got to be something in here, like for me. And then, so he talked about the, it's called the Chicago immune testing. I'm sure there might be like a more formal name for it, but I did all my treatment in the UK and they called it the Chicago test because they sent the bloods to Chicago. Wow. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's, I, I just sought out a clinic that um, 
was doing that testing. And like I said, I got talked out of it, but, um, but yeah, that's how I picked up on the NK cells. And so when I started doing diet and lifestyle, luckily the paleo mom, uh, Dr. Uh, Sarah Ballantyne was doing her blog. And so I found her on the internet and at the time her blog was like super basic, but super like, I mean, the information that woman gives out is insane. And so I just started learning about like gut health and autoimmune issues. And I mean, I had a very silent autoimmune issue. I didn't have thyroid issues. I didn't have like lupus. I didn't have, um, I didn't have like any like crazy reactions. I just was, it was just my stomach, you know, like bloating and constipation and poop and farts and, um, and which everyone all, normally thinks is normal. And that's, yeah. Like I got diagnosed <laughs> with IBS, just don't eat raw vegetables, you know, but no one was linking my gut issues. And I mean, I, in reality, I had pretty severe gut issues. I had signs of an ulcer when I was like 18. And so just from, um, my genetics, the way I grew up, like basically eighties kids eating pop tarts and Kellogg's cornflakes and, and then the stress, like the mental, emotional stress that was always just like deemed normal, um, on massive reflection. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, like it was insane. I was working a full-time job, um, and going to high school, um, full-time and it was just like oh my god like no wonder I was sick and unhealthy I was eating crap food I was drinking by then I was uh, you know like partying late studying uh working it was insane and I just never slowed down right until infertility hit yeah and then it was like okay (laughs) wow (laughs) um so yeah, so and NK cells are completely reversible. It's all just down to leaky gut, just the same, like, you know, uh, the reason your body starts attacking your thyroid, um, your immune system is just like worked up. And so it's just finding ways to lower that stress. And so when you have like, as you know, you have leaky gut, your food particles get into your gut and just... Um, And so the reason your NK cells can um, cause infertility is because the embryo, well, I mean, one inflammation. um, So you're going to have poor periods. You're going to have poor ovulation. Your egg health is going to be crap. You know, your hormones are going to be crap, but your natural killer cells can, um, will attack the embryo. And that's why people deal with reoccurring miscarriages, not getting pregnant at all. Um, and yeah, you're, you're, the embryo is a foreign agent until 12 weeks. Um, so yeah, and yeah, you can be, like I was pretty healthy when I went and did that second round of IVF. Like you could not look at me and even I felt really healthy. And um, at that stage, I was maybe having like my last little symptom, but it wasn't that big of a deal um, compared to all my like, gut issues before um and that was like the only sign of natural killer cells that I could like pinpoint to wow um isn't it amazing though that it really does come down to the gut and people are like what the heck does the gut does your gut have to do with fertility you know and it's amazing that it's tied (laughs) yeah definitely um so where can people find you where can people connect with you 
Yeah, definitely. So I'm on um, Instagram uh, and Facebook under Nourish by Caitlin. And I just run a um, program, a fertility program where I do just do a deep dive. It's called Fix Your Fertility. And people can just, you know, really get into the root cause. Nice. Is that online or is that one-to-one coaching? It's all, everything is virtual. Um, and yeah, it's one, one-on-one coaching. One-on-one coaching. Yeah. Like it's not a program that they just buy and do themselves. No, 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 no. So we really look over all the lab tests. We get into all the good details and fine tune what your body needs. Yeah, definitely. That is, that is the key for sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me here on the Finding Fertility podcast. It was lovely to connect with you and we'll leave all of your links down in the show notes for people to connect with you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Have a great day. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.